Welcome to our podcast, Chill Out Mama. I'm Sabria. And this is Crystal. Motherhood is a beautiful struggle. Do you focus on the struggle more than the beauty? We are two friends navigating the pressures of today's moms. In this space, we share transparently about worries, stress, and anxiety that we face in motherhood. This beautiful struggle isn't meant to be tackled alone. Come along with us on this journey and let's chill out together. Welcome to this episode of Chill Out Mama. Hope you guys are doing well. We are happy to be back for another week of this great season four where we are discussing what's stealing your chill. How chill are you today, Sabrina? I'm pretty chill. <laughs> I <would> agree. <laughs> Sometimes feels like tired. <laughs> but yeah, I'd agree. I'm pretty chill today, too. So something new we've been doing is kind of just asking like a random question. And, you know, Sabrina, I take a few minutes to discuss our answers to see if we have the same answer or something different. So the question of <clears throat> the question of this day is if you could only have one i guess we'll call it lifestyle or one choice and we are not talking about choosing which from what you already have but if you had to start your life over and you could only have one your two choices are being happily married with no children i'm just going to say married with no children we won't put an adjective in there married with no children or children with no spouse. Okay. <laughs> Married with no um, children or children with no spouse. So my first thought is that I would have children with no spouse. Okay. I've always wanted to have children. I remember when I was little, I said that I was, I hoped to have twins and I would name them Stacy and Tracy. <laughs> 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 I think so. <laughs> and that's something and that could have been unisex names so it could have been boys girls both yeah yeah but I remember it wasn't Stacy one of the babysitters clubs mm-hmm. characters and so I think that's why Stacy was yeah. the one and then Tracy was the, the other one yeah mm-hmm. yeah but I um I would not have had the hindsight that I have now but I do love being a mom mm-hmm I enjoy being, I love being a wife too. I enjoy it. But you know, marriage is beautiful and hard at the same time. It's complex. But I, my role as a mom is, it's everything. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think I would choose motherhood. If I had to choose just one, I would choose marriage. Oh, Mm -hmm. tell me more. I can't, I don't know how I would do as a single mother, like no other partner to help me like I just and I'm thinking of it from like I I, maybe I shouldn't but I'm thinking of it like from I had twins like I don't know that I pregnancy baby toddler like all the stages that I've been through thus far I think Mm -hmm. I don't know that I would enjoy motherhood as much as an unmarried Mm -hmm. not having somebody else in the household with me so and I can see myself still having a lot of fun with my husband mm-hmm. without kids. Yeah. Like we would probably just travel a lot. Yeah. And, and I then, see myself traveling with the kids, honey. Oh Lord. 
but you know, I really did that. Like I no. literally got on the plane with the boys yeah. by myself when they were little. I did that. Yeah, I think I did it once. It was just a lot, you know, and like neither of these answers is wrong, but in some of no. it is based on our, some of our experience, like I could do that or I could see how that would be fun. Um, but yeah, I would, yeah, I would choose marriage. And I, I guess because marriage also feels uh, less heavy, like I put pressure on myself when it comes to the kind of mom I am. I don't put as much pressure on myself when it comes to the kind of wife I am. Like you yeah. chose me, I chose you, we chose this, so. Yeah, yeah. and I don't do the pressure. I don't do the pressure for those. I do pressure for myself, just like myself as a person, mm -hmm. but as a mom and a wife, I don't do as much pressure. Yeah. But you know, one, one perk to choosing being a wife over being a mother is that the kids leave the house. True. So when they're 18, I'm gonna oh. be by myself, just chilling. <laughs> Girls trip, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, hopefully they leave. <laughs> oh, they will. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing is, you know, I, I need my alone time. I, you know, sometimes it hurts a little bit for me to tell my kids, like, you know, basically go away. I need time, but I don't mind saying that to my spouse. I don't mind saying that to my husband. So oh, I, I think I'm thinking of it like of my own needs. How can I get more of my own needs and like having more and I think about even just being my single life like when yeah. like Saturday used to be like I would volunteer in the morning and then I just come home and do nothing and sleep and like mm -hmm. the house was quiet yeah it's pleasurable for me to think about yeah. those times <laughs> <laughs> but you know I wouldn't give up either one of them right now no right um, exactly I do enjoy my life but this is just given one of those hard situations, those scenarios that maybe isn't ideal either way, which one would you choose? So you think about that too. Would you choose marriage or motherhood? That's really what the choice was, right? Yeah. Oh, and then I would also just go visit Sabria and her kids. Yep. <laughs> you would. <laughs> I would go give her a break. I would take on auntie role. I think yeah. I would have a great auntie. So. Yep. All right, so that was our check-in. So today, we are going in, y'all. So we have done like assessments. We've done, you know, kind of looking at our, you know, looking inward, finding out who we are to figure out what's stealing our chill. That may just be like part of our personality, maybe the way we were born or had something to do with the way we were nurtured in our household. So we've gotten a lot of that information. Today we're going to, we're going to be mining our P's and Q's. Y'all saw the title. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Did you see that it was the letter P and the Q was C-U-E? <laughs> right. Clever, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right? So we're going to be talking about these P words that we have identified in our own lives and we think other women probably can too, and probably men, that are things that steal your chill. So the P's are pressure. I just mentioned that. Perfectionism, procrastination, people pleasing, and pride. So that, today we're gonna to be talking about those five P's and then we're gonna talk about the Q's and opportunities for us to kind of pivot and change some things so that you can get your chill back or even like discover what chill feels like. Because I know some people don't even know what that feels like to chill. 
Yeah. So let's go through each one of the P's and talk about what they are. And then we'll kind of really dive into our discussion. Yeah. So the first one again is pressure. So pressure, the literal definition of it is continuous physical force exerted on or against an object by something in contact with it. So we just really talked about putting pressure on ourselves. Why are we exerting force on ourselves for whatever? Sounds kind of crazy, doesn't it? Very. (laughs) When you read the definition, it's amazing. When you read the definition of a word and then you're like, oh, how am I doing that to me? Yeah. Um, I think pressure, I honestly do. I think it starts outside of us. I do think it starts with some external message or from someone that started the pressure and that became normal to feel it. Yeah. And then when we have a choice later on in life or as we're growing to either accept the pressure and continue it or let it go, many of us accept it and add more to it. Yeah. I, so with that, I remember messages as a child saying, you've got to get straight A's. Mm-hmm. you've got to do your best you've got to look your best you're representing the family you've mm-hmm. got to perform you've got to this you got to that and I'm like I don't even know like as a child thinking back I didn't even know what half those things meant but I knew I had to be um on all the mm-hmm. time and I felt that pressure externally and so I internalized it and made these rules um from my family mm-hmm. and it started with rules for you though right and then we just yeah extend it to what now, now that I'm the one that has, I guess, the power or I get to determine what's necessary. I just continue on, even if it's a different kind of pressure, it's still pressure. Mm-hmm. I had a, you know, I had received very similar messages um, from family. And I would say also like, if you're raised in any type of religion, yeah, there's pressure to conform to whatever that religion tells you and for me you know it's Christianity and a particular kind of Christianity where there was a lot of rules and uh punishment if there was not conformity to those rules so there's pressure (laughs) pressure for like I I want to live a certain way I want to be this kind of person like you're told if you do these things then you're good or God is pleased with you or Mm -hmm. your family is pleased with you then I'm going to do those things or I get positive attention because of that. Or I don't want to be seen as someone that's careless. I don't want to be seen as someone that's not smart or, you know, those kind of things. So yes, there's pressure. And I would say, even as a little black girl, when you talked about you have to leave the house a certain way, I mean, how many times did your parent maybe get upset that you didn't put no lotion on? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that was a big deal. Or like, coming home and your hair didn't look like it looked when you left and you had yeah. PE at school. <laughs> like, how you not <laughs> looking like that? You can't be looking ashy and your hair all messed up. You know, and there was just a certain way. I still think, I don't think it's a bad thing, but I don't leave the house without earrings. It's like, I know some people that don't leave the house without lipstick on. Or like, it's just the pressure to present yourself a certain way because the world is looking at you. And you could run into the mil- the millionaire that's going to bless you out there today. But if God is going to allow that to happen, the millionaire will see me in my paint pants. <laughs> With no earrings and no With no earrings and no lipstick. <laughs> if God chose a little shepherd boy yeah. to take down the giant, 
Did he tell what we look like? I know that he was dirty and dusty. Yeah, but we could, but we didn't have the freedom to do that. And I get it. We're saying we understand where a lot of this came from, but it was unnecessary pressure. Right. Especially on a little kid that then grew up into a woman that also felt like, I got to do this. I have to. That's where a lot of the shoulds and supposed tos are birthed. The pressure, you know, to do things a certain way and just the desire to want to do things right. Like there was just this idea of there's right and wrong. Yeah. And so let's, I have this picture in my mind of an instant pot and Mm -hmm. how when you turn it on and it cooks this stuff quickly, it's hot, the temperature rises, it's a lot going on in the inside, it's Mm -hmm. sweating, it's out of control, and you have to literally flip the vial to release the pressure. Mm -hmm. So of course it will be stilling our chill if we've got all that going on inside. Mm -hmm. And what do we do to release that pressure? Mm Yep. Yep. So we're going to talk about that, but let's keep on defining these P's. Yes. Y'all listen up. Like if this is you, so number one was pressure. Are you under pressure? Right. Okay. What's the second one? Perfectionism is the refusal to accept any standard short of perfection. Well, what's now that, that doesn't even sound rational. <laughs> Perfect is what you need to be trying to achieve, right? Or at least what you're always striving for striving mm-hmm. oh my goodness so these definitions are good because i've never looked at them like that and like i see how silly it sounds mm-hmm. now but these are things that i've struggled with and we're not perfect and perfect no. isn't even possible most of the time because we're not perfect so how can that be the standard but again it felt like that i think from some of the messages that we received or other people presenting themselves a certain way. They presented what we thought was perfect and it wasn't. I've had a lot of those moments where I was like, oh, I shouldn't have been listening to them or, <laughs> or oh, that's why they put so much pressure on me because they weren't perfect and they yeah. wanted me to be as close to it as possible. That's more about them than me, but yeah. Um, And remember this phrase we learned in school, practice makes. Perfect. Mm -hmm. I don't even say that. Mm -mm. I say makes progress. I like that. But I was even like that with handwriting with, I mean, I can remember the the word I misspelled in the first grade spelling bee because I should have been able to do it right. Like Mm -hmm. pressure leads to, I think, perfectionism or is at least one of the things that is a precursor to becoming a perfectionist. Yeah. But a lot of, a lot, I think what's ironic about perfectionism is it's not like you achieve all this perfection. It actually means you don't try things yeah. that you're comfortable doing. Yeah, but the standard to which you're trying by is perfection. Oh yeah. But if I know yeah. I, I'm not good at it, like it's not going to be perfect. I'm just going to speak for myself personally. Right. Me, right. myself, me. <laughs> right. <laughs> that if I know I'm not good at something, it's really hard for me to try. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to be one of those other words, other P's that we talk about is coming into play there too. Mm-hmm. But I don't want anybody to see me make a mistake or mess up because I'm striving for, so maybe I'll practice in, in secret and then oh. I can come out and show, 
or I need to practice over here. Or I need to, I really have to work myself up or if I'm working on a project and I'm struggling in a certain part, it's like, okay, well, this isn't going to be perfect because it's not, the process also has to be perfect for me. Yeah. Yep. I think it's why like us as introverts, we talked about this previously, we rehearse these things in our head mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because in my head, it sounds eloquent, honey. <laughs> But then when it comes out, mm, not so much. The imperfection shows. <laughs> but there are certain things, like with speaking, I used to be very much like that. I wouldn't really say much because I wasn't sure it was going to come out. But through, I guess, getting past feeling like what I have to say has to be perfect and I've seen the impact of the imperfection, I think I still take it, take it as success. So I'm willing to do it. But Y'all, it's still like, I still have like a stomach ache when we're getting ready to record. Or like, you do? Oh, yeah. I, have to use I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Every time. Or when I'm getting ready to do a presentation and I know I know how to do this. Like, I can know, like, you know, I know how to talk. I'm going to talk. What I'm yeah. going to say is going to make sense. But there's still this like, but what if? Or what if it doesn't come out right? But I'm willing to push beyond that now because. I have done it in the past and I know it still works. And yeah. even in imperfection, I've accepted that it's still, the message gets across. Now yep. there's other things that I'm still struggling with, but yeah, that's my story. That's good, that's good. <laughs> okay, so let's go to the next one, people pleasing. No, procrastination. Procrastination, um, so the definition of procrastination is the action of delaying or postponing something. And I like to call procrastination the action of inaction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like when you make a decision to not make a decision. <laughs> yep. Or you say that it's decision fatigue. Yeah, yeah. I'm not so. raising my hand right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> so procrastination, the action of delaying or postponing something. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say this is at the top of my P list, but it's definitely on there. And I think I just hide it, as you just said, as other things. I'm tired. Yeah. yeah. I'm or I feel overwhelmed. Yeah, I'm overwhelmed. It's just not the right time. I'm waiting for the Lord to speak. Yeah. You know, I procrastinate with laundry all the time. Mm, yeah I don't like it but it needs to be done so how do you think procrastination steals our chill because if we're not prepared and we don't have clothes to wear we're gonna be stressed out this is so that's a big one we have to leave the house like you, we gotta go to like these boys gotta go to school if they don't have uniforms it's gonna be a mess that day that's true I'm like that with dishes I was, yeah, I've had to get like, I'm just, I don't want to do this, but I don't want to wake up and see this either. Right, <laughs> right. Day, then I'll leave it another day. And then it's just like, oh, this, this is terrible. So mm -hmm. yeah, I get what you're saying, especially with specific chores. But what would you say about like in life, if you're just someone that just delays and postpones, like that, that phone call you should make or that you know you need to make or yeah. that doctor's appointment or that conversation or writing that book. Yeah, it steals your freedom because those things are still lingering in your mind. And so like anything else, like it's putting that pressure on yourselves and it's causing you to feel anxious about it. You're avoiding it and that's not, 
Anxiety is avoidance. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't talk about that, but avoiding something isn't good. Um, But you're not getting freedom from it. Like those things are going to be there. Yeah, because it's like we think because we're not doing it, it's not there anymore, but it's weighing on your mind. Right. The fact that you're not doing it and you want either want to or know it's there or it's something that needs to be done, it's still going to take up space in your brain. Yep. And I have learned that delayed obedience is still disobedience. Absolutely. So if God has called us to do something and we're delaying, then we're not obeying God and we're not walking in the will of God. And so that for me kind of gets me going. Mm-hmm. Not with laundry, <laughs> <laughs> but with other things. <laughs> it's interesting. Sometimes it does take some external thing like my children need clothes <laughs> so, or we don't have no more forks. So... <laughs> Let me just go ahead and do this. But if it's just something for us, I know for me, it's hard for me to get out of the procrastination. If it's just something that I feel like I'm, I need to be doing for myself, yeah. but I'm nervous about it or I'm unsure, I'll just be like, yeah, let me go look over here. Let me go do this thing instead of just doing it. So, mm-hmm. yep, that's procrastination. Is that you? Is that one of your P's? Uh, the next one we were getting to is people pleasing. Emotional need to please others often, and I would say most of the time, at the expense of your own needs and desires. Let's say that again. Yeah. People pleasing is an emotional need to please others often at the expense of your own needs and desires. Yeah. I know what that's like. So I did this quite a bit in life because it was a need for approval. I wanted my parents to think I was a good person. I was seeking them for decisions. And then you realize, wait a minute, I'm living for them and not for me. Mm-hmm. And what they think it matters, but it doesn't matter in the way that I decide to act or move. Mm. And so that was a tough lesson. So when you get that lesson in life, it's a good thing. It is. It is. I don't, I don't, I can't identify myself as a people pleaser. I I tried to, but I did try to avoid people being mad. Would you say that's the Mm -hmm. same? A a little bit, a touch, a hint of it. Yeah. yeah, It's like a sprinkle of it. Like, I don't really care if you're pleased with me. I just didn't want you to be mad at me. Mm -hmm. So like even, um, yeah, I didn't get, I wouldn't say I got a lot of approval, I would say like from my peers growing up. And I kind of accepted that, like, that's just not going to happen. I'm not going to do anything to try to fit in. I'm not going to, but I did see that, well, if I'm a good student, my teachers will like me and that's at least somebody. Or if I get good grades, I'm not going to have to deal with getting in trouble at home. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think it is like a little twinge of people yeah. pleasing, but it's more like, I just want some positive yeah some positive interaction with yeah. People. yeah from people positive feedback and this is how I can get it but everybody else it's okay yeah I can see this stemming from pressure too like you have that pressure to perform and be good mm-hmm. and so it's like look at me I did something good mm-hmm. so yeah in that particular area and this is something that I've talked about uh, with my therapist she just said I a lot of times I tend to fall into like performative, like what can I do 
and like that's how you know either I can receive love or like that's how I feel worthy or like where I get my if I'm not affirming myself at that time that's how I'm affirmed if I perform yeah. well I was like well yeah A's B's you know A's was that's what we do and B is like mm. <laughs> and we definitely yeah. don't get any of those other letters <laughs> So, and that's what I got praised for. If I got up right. and said my Easter speech perfectly, that just came back to me. I did not make, like, when I got that Easter speech, I got the longest one. Yep. That Easter speech, I had to get the longest one, and it had to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And I did it. And it was like, yeah, hey, that's so great. Look at her. So, yep. yeah. So there is a bit of that. Huge. How did you recover yeah. from because you said you definitely identify with the actual wanting to please people at your own expense. Yeah, it's just from that. I remember um, in my 20s, I thought like I listened to Diana Ross, I'm coming out and I was like, I got to get out of this shell because what I value in life doesn't exactly align with my parents. Yes, we have the same DNA, but some things that we appreciate and value are different. And so I said, if I'm going to live my life for me, I have to do things differently. So yeah, boundaries. Absolutely. And, and recognizing what you believe separate from the people that raised you. That's a huge part mm-hmm. of it. That you can be different and that's okay. Yeah. You can think differently and live your life differently and that's okay. And they're yeah. not pleased with it. That's also okay. Cause that's that not- is okay. Yeah. And the last one, it's the smallest word. Hmm. It's so much a part of all <laughs> pride. Pride. And we are not talking about the kind of pride like, you know, you're proud of yourself or you like yourself or you maybe even want to, maybe, you know, want to look good. That's, there's, we're not talking about like having pride in your appearance or something like that. This is the kind of pride that so we found a couple of different things that we're kind of putting together, but it's the undue confidence in or attention to your own skills, accomplishments, or position, an unreasonable feeling of superiority. And ultimately, it's just like a preoccupation with yourself. Yep. What you think about yourself, what other people think about you, what they might think about you, what they might be saying, what they could say one day, what you want them to say. <laughs> It's all about you. (laughs) You are the person that shows up in the room and you know it first and you will let others know if they don't say it. Yes. And everything that's happening in the room is somehow connected back to you. Yeah. That's the kind of pride that we're talking about steals our chill. And when I discovered or like, I don't know if I discovered it, but when I heard, I think I heard a message or I read something about this kind of pride, it's truly what... What they were talking about was perfectionism. They were like, that's actually what's going on is that you want to look a certain way to people. And you're afraid that if you do this and make a mistake, you're going to look foolish or somebody might laugh or you know, any of those kind of things. And you're not willing to take that risk because you can't look that way in front of other people. You can't handle yeah. that. Yeah. And so it's actually pride that's getting in the way. Mm-hmm. I was like, ouch. Yeah. But pride can also look like fear of vulnerability mm-hmm. or fear of humility. Well, that's what it is, what we're talking about. Um, it can look like perfectionism. 
it can look like you know everything when you really don't know nothing. But everybody's supposed to think I know everything. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the pride, right? Like yeah. I'm hiding behind this facade. I'm talking in circles about something and I'm really talking about not much yeah. at all. Yeah. And it just sounds silly, but you like, you're boastful about it and you're arrogant about it and you know it. But in all actuality, it's, it's there, there, and there. And you put the wrong there, there. But you were bragging about knowing which there it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, I love that you even mentioned that there's so much fear involved in pride. Yes. Fear of being seen, like, really, as a human being with flaws and imperfections. Like, I've, I'm not allowed to show that, and you're not allowed to see it. So I have to do everything in my power to not show it, which I think goes back to pretty much everything we just talked about. Pressure. Put pressure on myself to look a certain way, speak a certain way, practice over and over again. You know, don't go out the house and look looking a certain way because I have to control my image and what yeah. other people see in me. Procrastinating. I'm not gonna do this and show anybody until it's done and perfect. Right then it'll never be done, right? Nope, and nobody will ever see it either. When there are people around you who would love to say, girl, let me help you with that. Well, you know what the thing with me, Sabrina, there are people around here who have less experience, wisdom, anything, and they will just do it and put the stuff out. <laughs> yes, with the there, there, and there. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I have seen some things. <laughs> yes. Like you published this, right? <laughs> and you're selling it like with like confidence, and I'm like, and I will have these conversations with myself, like, why won't you step out like that? Yeah. And I'm, I'm it's almost like it's weird to me to see them have that other kind of pride and something that I don't even think deserves it, but my pride keeps me from even trying or even putting something out there because yeah. of my feet and they're not afraid at all and I'm they're like, doing it afraid and I say you should be but that's my judgment <laughs> that's pride girl that's I know I'm, I'm telling on myself I'm like you should have kept that to yourself because that is not good I'm laughing because I get that too <laughs> like, I, that is not good I would never have put that out yes but, but they but, did but they did confidently and I'm, I just don't I'm yeah, I don't identify with that. Yeah, yeah. But I identify with, like you just said, do it afraid. They know, I, yeah, it's just not me. But they did it. And yeah. how can I criticize them for doing it? Even yeah. though I find a way to. Like, that's not cool. I, I, see, I saw a meme the other day. No one criticizes, no one that's actually doing more than you will criticize you. Hmm. Mm. right wow mm -hmm. there you go <laughs> that's what it did to me too <laughs> oh that's true because the people that are sitting back saying mm, that's good that's there it should have been there or Wait, go write your book yep <laughs> Focus on your there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, okay. Go over there. Right. <laughs> right. It's like, 
okay, instead of criticizing them, like I would have never done that, but you haven't done it at all. Yeah, now it's time to go do it. Yeah, stop all the peas, get out, all, get out of all the peas, or, or like fully be able to be present in your family, you know, like, because it doesn't have to be that you're putting pressure on your kids to be a certain way because they're going to make you look bad if they're not. Yeah. There is no perfect family. No, not at all. You don't have to try to please everybody in your family because that's not going to happen anyway. Yeah. Yep. So those are all the P's. I wonder how many of them you identify with. I basically identified with all of them. Yeah. In one yeah. way or another. <laughs> Some of them are still a current struggle uh, for me. Yeah, because we're human and we're not perfect. So we deal with things like we deal with the flesh. And so we have to know recognize when it starts to come up and then pivot absolutely so let's now so we've we've mi we're minded our peas so we, we know what they are now hopefully you can kind of identify which ones are either current in your life or things you want to work on so what are some of the cues that these are still in our chill so one thing to know like if you start to feel the pressure on yourself because you're procrastinating just start Mm -hmm. pick one item and start get out of your head the pressure is typically what we're saying to ourselves right how we're talking yeah. to ourselves so just say well none of that really matters all the reasons we give ourselves to not start don't really matter so yeah. just start well, that's yeah. a good one Um, the other thing is ask for help or delegate. Um, one thing yeah. that I do, if there's something that, did you want to say something? Go ahead. Okay. Um, if there's something that I really do want to accomplish or I want to make sure that I don't procrastinate on or like let my perfectionism get in the way, I will tell somebody what I need to do. Yeah. Someone that will hold me accountable or remind me or say, hey, how's that going? That doesn't mean I'm actually going to do it, but I've exposed myself. <laughs> so this person will be like, so you're just going to procrastinate or you're just going to, so this is how we're going to do this. And at least I'm not hiding it because mm -hmm. that's going back into pride. And that's how I overcome my pride by letting people in to know either what I'm struggling with or that there is something that I really do want to achieve that I know I'm going to have a hard time doing. Right. And so I, asking for help has been a struggle up until this point. I remember my mom telling me as a child, you have to let your needs be known. Mm -hmm. And that was me not asking for help because of trying to be perfect. perfect. Mm -hmm. And perfect people need help too, even though I wasn't perfect. So anyway. <laughs> and so I now am seeking help that I need and delegating tasks that I can't do by myself. Mm -hmm. So that's working yeah yep and it gives the accountability like you said so mm -hmm. if i'm wanting to accomplish this major goal that i need to tell somebody about the goal so that they can say girl where are you because mm -hmm. i was i would be real good for just keeping stuff secret until it's done <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, we're doing that yep <laughs> right you are the master of that <laughs> i know yes you've been working on it for three years <laughs> It's complete and perfect to my standards. And now I can share this with you, but I don't I try my best not to do that anymore. I'm still 
I wouldn't say I'm as secretive, but I'm still protective of those. Yeah. So, but there's only, there's a, maybe about four people that will know things that are happening. Yeah, that's it. That's all that needs to know. And then sometimes I feel like if I tell Jesus, that's enough. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes. But I'm not, I know that that's not, I'm aware of that. So there's right. it's not like, just me, y'all. It's not just me that keeps secrets. No, no. <laughs> People call me the vault. Yeah. They be like, what do you mean that was happening? Yes. Yep. And. <laughs> right. But you know, also I realize that in my sphere of influence, everybody doesn't need to know everything. So the people who are truly going to hold me accountable that are going to lift me up, that are going to say, you said you were going to do this, you haven't moved. They know how to say that without criticizing and putting me down. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other people beyond that sphere will find out in due time, but everyone doesn't need to be in because then you start to hear things like you should do this yeah. or you should do that. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't help, so. And, and that's one of the reasons, I believe probably both of us, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's being protective because I already know this is going to be a struggle for me to complete it. And so if I let too many people in, I hear too many things or somebody tells me what I should be doing, then that's going to be more pressure or I'm going to feel like I'm not meeting a standard. So it's like trying to protect ourselves from the external so that we can really deal with the internal, which is even more powerful. And then allow in the people that we know that are going to be like, I understand, I get it but just do a chapter or like complete this part, like encouraging instead mm -hmm. of feeling critical. Yep. Yep. Because we have our own inner critic. That's very, yeah. Bad. Yeah. And I know I do. So, yeah. And part of me, I will say, I used to like, I cared about that before, but now it's like, I feel like if God gave me an idea and you're giving me critiques on it, then I'm going to have to say, well, God told me to do it. Like if God gives you something to do, he'll tell you how to do it. Mm, oh, well, thank you, but no, thank you. Screws <laughs> me. <laughs> That's where I am in life. So yeah. And you see what we're saying? Like this was an issue, and now we know how to. Yes. Yep. I just don't want to hear it. Like if I if I didn't invite your should or your you know critique, if I didn't tell you, that means I don't really want you in on this. So right. Yeah. Um, let's see. So what some other cues that these are stealing or, or things you can do if you know that these are stealing your chill. Um, that was what we just said. Self validation. So don't call others for it. Like do it yourself. So we just talked about that. We talked about boundaries. Um, mm -hmm specifically for people pleasing saying no um and then learning to not go to people and say hey i got this great idea what do you think leave that mm -hmm. off don't invite people in if it's not for them yeah yeah, yeah. Or let's, pray go back, to God. let's go back to saying no mm -hmm. so you know we we use that word boundaries a lot of people don't really really get what that means so it's boundaries are for you and the people and people around you, especially those that you care about. It keeps both of you safe. It's like a fence around your house. This is mine. Yours is out there. I get to invite you in, or this is how close you can get onto my property or into my world. And yeah. So saying no is a huge aspect of um, setting boundaries with people, meaning like this is where I end and you begin or vice versa. 
Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. So I'm going to say no instead of, or because you want me to do it, even if I don't want to do it, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. That and boundaries. That means you have no fence around your house. So people could just right. walk up to the yard and just. Yes. Take advantage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and boundaries. Can, yeah. Boundaries can also look like, let's say, for example, you agreed to do something and the morning of you don't feel like it. Boundaries can be calling to say, I know I agreed to do this, but I'm not able to. Mm hmm. That's mm -hmm. it. You don't have to give any further explanation. You don't have to apologize. Like you're setting a boundary for yourself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's okay. It's okay too. Yeah. Cause that's going to tap into that perfectionism. That's going to tap into people pleasing. It's going to tap into pride. You know, I said I was going to do this and saying I can't. Mm. Yeah. Or I, I, you know, I love my thing is not, I don't really have the capacity for that right now. Yeah. That's the other one. Yeah. And my life does, I don't have it. I thought I could, you know, but yeah. And they will find someone else. I find yeah. another thing about, I think pride comes in with boundaries. There's this idea, like I'm the only one that can do it. So I have to child. No, <laughs> other people <laughs> Other people can, and especially when it came to like us doing things in church at our previous church, there was a lot of like, we were involved in a lot of different ministries and they just kept adding and adding. And it's like, you're so great, you know, but I'm tired. Yeah. And church is feeling like work. And I was like, what if there's somebody else that needs to have this experience and I'm in the way because it feels like I'm the only one that can do this or can only do this the right way let me move <laughs> and make sure I'm in my lane or where I'm supposed to be, where I could be most effective instead of just being everywhere because I'm just so great. Yeah. Yep. So another way to look at boundaries is um, explaining to people how you want to be treated. Absolutely. Yes. So if you don't like someone calling you at nine o'clock, you can say um, nine o'clock is the time that I get ready for bed. Could you please call me at a different time? Mm -hmm. yep. And that's Learn a nice way of saying it. But Learn me how to communicate what your needs to people. But guess what? The, before you can even do that, you have to honor your own needs. Yes. Acknowledge that you don't like texting or talking after nine. So stop. So I need to tell them I don't want to do that anymore. Or I don't like yeah. that. Or you, I don't like the way this person speaks to me. Or... How this person's always asking me for money or whatever it is, be able to acknowledge that within yourself first, that this is stealing my chill. This is stealing my joy. I don't like this relationship that, you know, if it's like this, so what can I do about it? Acknowledge my feelings and then communicate it to them and give them an opportunity to respond. Mm -hmm. Yep, or not. We love boundaries. Yes, we do. It'll show so you who really wants to be in relationship with you. Yeah. So another thing is we can change our inner voices um, and we can stop the stinking thinking. Oh, that's so hard. But it's so worth it's worth it to do the work to learn how to have just more positive inner dialogue. Yeah. It, there, it is a whole conversation over here <laughs> in this head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
it goes back and forth and back and forth. But learning how to just be, I just had to learn how to be more kind with myself and like gentle and show more grace. That yeah. it's okay that you misspelled that. That's okay. It's okay right. that you made a mistake. Yeah. And like overthinking afterwards. I should have did this. Or I could have said this. It has already happened. The train has left the station. There's no reverse. So the nothing. caboose can't come back. <laughs> I mean, oh, move on. But yes. Our own stinking thinking can keep us stuck in a mistake or something that we didn't do to that perfect standard, or it'll keep you stuck and you won't even try anything else because you're afraid of the mistake or the possibility of not being perfect. And yeah. all that starts with just what we're telling ourselves. Yeah. It's self-sabotage and it's perpetuating more peace. Absolutely. All of it. The, the peas are just like a cycle. Yep. <laughs> and they all cycle off of each other, right? Yeah. Like you deal with one, you're gonna continue to deal with the other one. So when you're when you're listening to this and you're like, I want to start somewhere, just pick one or the one that you identify with, like maybe it's really, really perpetual in your life. Yeah. But I that's that's a huge one right there. Your inner dialogue, silencing your inner critic. And being just nicer to yourself. Like, have you, did you ever have that moment where you're like, if somebody else talked to me the way I talked to myself, we would not be friends? Mm -hmm. I was like, that's not good that I'm that mean to myself. Yeah. Yep. And something by extension, what we say to our children becomes their inner voice. Absolutely. So if they hear you saying these things out loud to yourself, or seeing you get so frustrated with yourself, then you're teaching him them these things already. Mm -hmm. And if you're still, if you aren't at least working on releasing some of these ideas that we've accepted as true, or some of these rules that we've kind of embraced, you will do the same thing to your children. Yeah. There's no way to not do it. <laughs> so if you are still embracing the, the idea of perfection or presenting yourself as perfect every way, and you're not even challenging it in any way, you will pass that on to your kids. They're gonna feel it even if you don't say it. Yep, absolutely. So, so what, what are things that you say to your girls that kind of break this cycle of perpetuating the peace? Well, a huge thing for me uh, growing up was the idea of making mistakes. And so I was, I was told, don't make careless mistakes. And every mistake was considered careless. Like it was yeah. never a good mistake. There was never, so it was, so a mistake was just bad. And then that meant I didn't care. So now I'm, when like one of my daughters, Kendall, she's very, I think just naturally she's more conscientious. So she's hard on herself. And I literally will say to her, it's okay. You just made a mistake or you were unsure you learn from it and you do it again, you know, the next time. That's how we learn. Mistakes mm -hmm. are part of the learning process. And I'm literally talking to myself as I'm talking to her because I struggle with the same thing. So I just wanted it to be like this. I don't like doing that. Or, or you know, Morgan with a sport. I'm like, it takes time to learn how to do something if you really want to be good at it. If you care, if you really want to be good at this, you're going to make mistakes because so that means you're trying. If you don't make any mistakes, that means you're really not trying, or this isn't something that's a challenge for you. Right. So I, I try to highlight that mistakes are actually good 
They're mm-hmm. positive and it's showing that you're trying and it's a part of life, part of the process. Yeah. And that you, there's no beating up for that. I can see sometimes that it literally was a careless mistake, but I will not call it that. Right. Right. I just say, it looks like you need to pay a little closer attention <laughs> or take a deep breath so you can notice these small things, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to call you, call it a careless mistake. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For the boys, I just say, do your best. And so when they come home and they make us like, if the grade is low and I say, did you do your best? And they say, yes, I'm, I'm proud of you. And then I ask, are you proud of yourselves? Yeah. Most of the times I don't say a whole lot of I'm proud. Yeah. I say, yeah. I see that you worked hard on that and that's great. Or I see that you try at your best. Encouragement yeah. versus praise. Yes. Yes, because I praise things like it will build people pleasing. And I don't want them to come to me and say, mommy, look at what I did. And so. Yeah, because praise is about the outcome, not the process. Yes. Yep. And I think both of us are saying we're trying to encourage the process of it and not just what the outcome is. And I, I love what you said. It's about doing your best. Um mm-hmm. Like with these last grades, I said, what we're going to focus on is maybe getting better each time. And really each quarter, you're learning something brand new. So if it was a hard quarter, maybe the B is your best. Yeah. Or a C could be your best. If it was a really, really tough quarter. So look at how you've improved in this area. And then we're just going to work a little bit more on this area and you'll continue to get better. I didn't mm-hmm. hear that. Yeah. Yep. It's like yep. a C. <laughs> and then I have a child that doesn't like lotion what so we leave the house ashy and it's not a reflection of who he is or who I am say it louder like it doesn't matter like it's not like when you these things are not moral things their preferences, their personal preferences. So if my house is not clean, it's not moral. It has nothing to do with my values and my morals. That's just a preference. It's a care task. If it gets done, fine. If it doesn't, that's fine. We're still the same intrinsically good people that God created us to be. And that's the message. I love that. Our worth is not determined by any of these things. No. But that's why this stuff steals our chill because it felt like our worth was contingent upon being perfect or achieving or performing and so if I don't what am I worth right or even if you ashy you worth gold honey (laughs) that's that's, that's, not everybody thinks that right (laughs) but yeah and with me having girls I do the same thing when it comes to their body image because I can remember hearing things you know, about certain bodies or like, well, she shouldn't be wearing that or like, how you go out the house looking like that? Or, you know, it's like your body is healthy. It's beautiful. It's developing the way it's going to develop. This is the way God created you. They're not going to hear me criticize. Even I might be criticizing myself internally. They're not going to hear it come out of my mouth. And if they say they like mommy's squishy, big squishy arms, because it feels like a pillow, I'm, yes, you can lay on my squishy arms. Right. <laughs> they're not going to hear me talk that way because their their worth is not determined by what their body looks like or what their face looks like or their hair. Right. Just look the way you want to look and have pride, the good pride in how you yeah. look because this is what you chose. Mm-hmm. Not because I told you you have to look like this. So, yep. It's work. Yep. 
Yeah, it is. It is. And we have to think like I have to catch myself not going into those patterns. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if they come downstairs and they're not matching. I'm like, you ready to go? And we will go just like that. Mm-hmm. Shorts inside out. I never corrected that. Like, because you dressed yourself. Great job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will. So- I will say like, I guess the style now for little for the little tweens is like shorts and sweatshirts or still wearing shorts in the winter, but they'll like put leggings under and I'll be like, okay. Like they want to wear hoodies year round. I'm like, it's 90 degrees. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be hot. And she'll be like, but this is my favorite hoodie. I'm like, okay, well, make sure you put on a lot of deodorant because you're going to get sweaty because it's hot outside. So I, I try to like, I'm not going to say go change that because that look crazy. Right. She wants to wear a hoodie. That's her style. I don't yeah. have to make a big deal about it. I don't want you stinking. Right. <laughs> so and stay hydrated. <laughs> I'll say, we're going to the park. You're going to be running around. You're going to get pretty hot in that. What do you think might work better you know make it more of a dialogue <laughs> instead of me saying out of that because you don't know what you don't know how to dress so right yeah it's all about the messages we're sending to them yeah yeah and then um oh so this was something we were when we were talking about this topic the last thing we talked about was that honestly for the most part nobody really cares what you're doing <laughs> or what you look like, or, you know, if, if you misspelled there, there, or there. And if they do care, they're probably cheering you on and thinking the best of you. Yeah. Like, really and if, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if they are caring and they are coming to you sideways, then check your circle. Mm, they probably shouldn't even have access to you. Yes. So other people probably don't care as much as you think they do. No. And if they do, remember what I said earlier, nobody that's criticizing you is doing more than you. Isn't that the truth? So consider the source. <laughs> and again, let that go. Because <laughs> they're, <not, laughs> they're watching you <laughs> while you do, right? right? I've been the person, and then when you become the person, you're the one that's actually doing. They don't matter as much. So yeah. number one, you may not matter as much as you think you do. They definitely don't matter as much as you're making them. And the people that do matter are cheering you on. Yes. They want to see you succeed. Yep. That part. And you don't have to be perfect for them. They already know you're not. Yeah. So, um, oh, we did good today, Sabria. We're like right, almost right at an hour. Look at us. (laughs) (laughs) So, Close this out. Today, we're reminding our P's and Q's. We went over pressure, perfectionism, procrastination, people pleasing, and pride, and the ways that they still are chill. And then we're listening for cues of how those things are showing up in our lives. And we can do things to pivot. We can do things by asking for help, accountability, praying, setting boundaries, validating ourselves, changing our inner voice, and realizing that everybody's minding their own business for the most part. And if they're minding yours, they probably don't have any business. So what we would love for you to do is think about ways that you can affirm yourself and change some of those inner critical voices, that stinking thinking that we were talking about. That's our chill pill for today. You can 
regain your chill, discover your chill by just speaking kindness over yourself. And that's by affirming yourself. So saying some affirmations. So do you have some that you want to share? Maybe some examples, Sabria? Yeah, I am deserving of all good things in my life. Mm. Um, My thoughts are under my control. I trust myself and I attract who I really am. Ooh, I like that. What about you? I like that one. Um, Yes, I have. I am valuable simply because I exist. My value is not in what I know, what I do, or how I look. I'm valuable because I'm here. Um, I am powerful. My power comes from my ability to choose to invest my yes wisely. Mm-hmm. I am beautiful, healthy, and whole. I am at peace. My mind is still. My spirit is at rest, and anxiety does not rule me. I am worthy of all the goodness God has for me. I am enough as I am right now. I accept myself, flaws, and all. Yeah. So think about who you are and who you're wanting to become and affirm her. Yes. A lot of times you can just look at yourself in the mirror for a little while and talk to her. You know her, you know the kind of things that she says to herself or what she thinks about herself. And then you tell her who she is. Yeah. So chill out mamas, affirm yourself, be kind to yourself, take care of yourself and chill. Yes. Bye. Bye. Good. Still know. recording. It, I, oh. Before you go, don't forget to like, share, and follow us at Chill Out Mama Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also email us at chilloutmamapod at gmail.com. We'll have brand new episodes every Tuesday, so we look forward to you joining us next time.